Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This podcast is brought to you by A Copy Match. A Copy Match is a boutique matchmaking service that helps exceptional singles find meaningful connections and relationships. To learn more about our matchmaking services, online dating makeovers and takeovers, or to enroll in an upcoming group coaching intensive, go to agopymatch.com. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. I'm your host, Matchmaker Maria. For over a decade, I have combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, each week I answer your dating and relationship questions on the pod. And if you're not already following me, you can find me on Instagram at Matchmaker Maria. I answer your questions there too. In this week's episode, I am speaking to Melissa Lyons. Melissa Lyons is an international best-selling author, speaker, and intuitive life coach who helps people learn to calm busy and often overwhelmed thoughts that race through their minds. Melissa has this uncanny ability to help people find clarity amidst the chaos, and she shows them how to get what they want. She leads people to connect with qualities that are aligned with a life purpose that transcends titles and responsibilities. Her work is pioneering and essential for anyone who finds themselves living someone else's dream or unable to identify dreams and hopes of their own. She's passionate about helping people discover their passions and resolve their inner conflict between who they truly are meant to be. Melissa's books, I Will Always Love You and Until We Meet Again, are about finding hope and love when faced with grief, loss, and heartache. Melissa, welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. Hi, Maria. Thank you for having me. It's really exciting to be with you today. I'm excited too, because one of the things that I did not mention in your bio is that you are very good at mindful manifesting. Well, I'm very good at working on mindful manifesting. <laughs> Thank you for that correction. Always. Yeah, but it's, it's a really important aspect of life. That's for sure. Well, let's talk about what manifesting is. So I know it's definitely the buzzword the last couple of years. I certainly use it in my uh, in my day to day and week to week. But why don't you tell uh, our listeners what manifesting is? Well, really, Bria, we're always manifesting. Whatever we're thinking is is the next thing that we're creating, whether it's our next step or it's something that's going to be unfolding for the rest of our lives. We're always moving towards or away from something. And so the actual idea of manifesting and the buzzword is that people get really focused on, on something and, and they, they in turn create that something. But I think that what we miss with, with manifesting, why I call it mindful manifesting, is if we're not exactly clear about 
pretty much all the things that are really important to us in our lives, we're going to like mindlessly manifest things that we don't even want. And I think that that sometimes is the danger of manifesting at the same time. I'm so glad you mentioned the dangers because I feel like that's what I'm always talking about. It's like, I don't want to manifest the wrong thing. I need to think like differently. What do you think are the biggest dangers? Well, first of all, how does someone manifest? Okay. So we manifest with our thoughts because everything like the pen that you hold in your hand, it was, it started as a thought and it, it actually manifested into reality. The iPhones or the, the cell phones we have with all of our music. Do you remember Steve Jobs saying, you know, a thousand songs in your pocket. So we're constantly manifesting with our ideas, but if we're not careful about what we're thinking, we're also manifesting that as well. So manifesting is, is really just a, a fancy word for your thoughts, but it's a focus of your thoughts that actually bring things into fruition. But again, it can go either way because we are energy. We're always moving. So we're always creating. How did you uh, get into this? Like, tell me a little bit more about how your background brought you into talking about, you know, thoughts and reality. I, my whole life, I think I've been until a, a point when I was about 47 years old, when I sold my business and I had actually achieved all of the goals that I had set out for myself, you know, financial, physical, I was married to kids, sold my business. Like I really ticked off every box and when, and I wanted to sell my business. And when it was sold and I looked at what I had created, I wasn't able to find really at that time, I couldn't find any joy in what I, in what I had done with my life. And it was that moment, well, shortly after my husband turned to me and said, are you ever going to be happy? Because mm. this wasn't the first time that that had happened in my life. And I looked at him and said, I don't know. I don't know because I keep creating what, exactly what I want only to find out it wasn't what I wanted in the first place. What, 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 hold on a second. Like, what prompted your husband to ask you, like, are you ever going to be happy? Well, because I was miserable. Imagine, imagine getting to the point in your life where you really got everything you wanted to get. You, you, you achieved those goals you'd set out for yourself and then you found them when you got them to be really empty. And, and that is what happened to me. And I think that's what happens is we get, we get drawn in by what society thinks we should want. And we, we build a life that we think that we, we should build. You know, we go to school, then we you go to school, you get married, you get, you have your children, you have a mortgage, you, you, you keep your job, you know, you just do those things in order. And I think that the, the next generation has, has sort of a little bit one, one up on, on, on certain generations because they're starting to figure this out. There's more to life than the grind. Right. right. And so, yeah, I found myself in a position where I'd done the things I, I should do, but none of those things were the things that were aligned to my heart. Cause I never took time to actually ask myself what that was. So after that happened, did you ask yourself, like, what would make you happy? Oh, yeah. Um, it was, it was a, quite a process. So I took three months off with, with the support of my family where I, I disengaged from everything. You know, I stopped, stopped in terms of, of, of serving people, of being a mother, a wife, a, a, a boss, a daughter. Like, I just really had time to meditate, to read, to learn the, the things that I had never taken time for. And, you know, I was just a few um, days into it and it, that all unraveled too, because I didn't, I didn't know how to be me because I spent so long being everything else that I lost my own identity. And that was the first thing that I realized I had manifested this perfect person for everybody else. And I'd forgotten who I was along the way, in, which is 
far from perfect. I don't know about you, but I write this in my own little notes app. Like I write, I have these things called my life truths. And there's like things that I think about just like my little life philosophies, little mottos that I like to kind of guide me. And one of the things that I've written is, you know, wealth is living your lifestyle goals. It's not only about money. Very true. I and, you know, hearing saying. what you're saying to me, it's like, you know, like you want this like life of wealth and then not necessarily monetary. Like you want a life that, you know, not just meets those perceived life goals, lifestyle goals that you want, but like to have it match the feeling that you want too. Exactly. But, you know, I don't know that we are, are raised that way. And we're certainly not trained that way. We're trained to be people pleasers. We're trained to say, to, to say, ask for permission for everything we do, you know, from when we're right. young, may I go to the bathroom? May, may I have a snack? May I this? And we get to the point where without the proper permission, we just fall into a pattern without really questioning it sometimes. And then we all of a sudden have some kind of awakening or shakedown that makes us realize we've created something that isn't actually our true version of ourselves. And it sounds deeper than it is. It's, it's pretty obvious, but you can't see it. I'll give you even an anecdote where people don't see it. Like sometimes every single day, whenever we meet someone in our office, but especially even during, um, you know, our monthly group intensive, we will ask people like, well, tell me about your last relationship. How long was that? And then I always ask, how did you feel in that relationship? Because sometimes that's detached from the memory. You know, we'll, someone will say to me like, you know, oh, I dated this person for 18 months. We broke up because, but it's never followed up by like, this is how I felt throughout the relationship. And I think the way you feel in a relationship is actually, I mean, usually, you know, a million cuts will get to the final break of that relationship. But I think if we see, you know, in hindsight, like, okay, you felt this way, what was happening for you to feel this way in that relationship. And it doesn't have to be, you know, I'm just giving you now an example with relationships, but I feel like if we look, you know, like you just said, like we're not trained to think this way, but I feel like with practice, we can totally train ourselves to, to look at the feeling of our goals and accomplishments. Absolutely. But you know, here's the thing, and you probably get this a lot too, when you're working with your, with your clients and the people you work with is that when I was at the point where my husband said, are you ever going to be happy? And it's like, like, Think about it. I, I had all the successes and all the things I wanted. And someone said to me, what, well, what do you want? And I was, right. I had no answer because I could tell you for three days what I didn't want to feel, what I didn't want to have, what I didn't want to experience, but to actually get clear about what I wanted, that, that actually made my head spin. And I think we're all like that because we're so busy just being that we forget what we actually want. And if we're not clear about what we want, that gets back to the beginning of your first question. It's like, what, what about medicine? If we're not totally clear what we want, we're manifesting something that we're, that's very gray, very blurry. And in your business, right. if you're not really clear about who you want to be with for the rest of your life or for even for the next five minutes, you're going to get lack of clarity. Well, it's like, how do you feel? Like, that's, I think one of the things that I'm constantly saying is like, okay, you want a relationship. How do you feel in this relationship? Because if you don't feel acknowledged, if you don't feel secure, if you don't feel not confused and you're dating someone, you're not with the right person. Like those feelings are foundational. Mm -hmm. They're foundational. And, and I mean, take it a step back too. They're foundational with your relationship with yourself, which is of course... The, the foundation to building a relationship with someone else is getting pretty clear. And I think that's really what I found um, when, I, when I went into that journey of self-discovery. 
uh, I, I walked in, I actually, for the first time, uh, went into a spiritual therapist or counselor and she oh, said, well, what was that like? Oh, I've never even heard of that. What is a spiritual therapist? Well, it's, it's someone who is, it, it's like what you said, you work with feelings, but it's, it's tied more to, um, it's tied to numerology. It's tied to, um, like the angelic round It's tied to so many of those things. And anyway, I said to her, she said, what brings you to me? And I said, I have no idea who I am. And if I don't know who I am, my husband sure doesn't know me. My parents have no clue who I am. And I'm not showing up as a true person to my children because I've literally been living a lie because when I take away all of my titles, I just don't know who to be or how to be. And so that's so important for, for establishing all kinds of relationships. This sounds so existential. Um, did you write your books before or after this identity crisis? I wrote my books after, and so I was listening to some of your some of your work, and um, specifically when you were talking with Michelle Claire, who's a medium. Oh yeah. Uh, so I actually had a channeling experience. Now I never, I didn't, I knew what channeling was. I had no clue until months after my books were written that they were channeled. And looking back, it's so clear that they were channeled. Because Wait, I what is not. a channel? You're, okay. you're telling me a caveat that I don't know. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, so a channel is when you, it's like a stream of consciousness. So literally, like, I, I was journaling one day, therapeutically. I did not want to write. I, I felt, like, too vulnerable to write down how, how my feelings were. And that was part of my therapy when I was, like, discover, rediscovering who I was. At the time, I was 47. So, it, like, I wasn't, like, a baby by any means. And, and so... As a process one day when I was journaling, I wasn't even paying attention. And my first book came out completely written. And when I journal, I make all kinds of mistakes. Like I'm a messy writer and I write like sentences. It was all rhyming. It all fit in. There were no mistakes. And yeah, and so that was, that was my first book. And it actually, to fast forward years, like 18 months after writing that book, because I published, had it published like as a, a book that was about it's about hope and love, but it deals with grief and loss. And what it really was, was a, a book for me, from an aspect of myself, which is this, here comes the spiritual side of it, an aspect, like a part of me that's not in me right now, was writing to me saying that it was time to leave the person and the life I'd been living my whole life and step into this life that was meant for me, that had been waiting for me. And literally, it was that kind of transformation I experienced. And then what about your second book? Did you feel like because of that established new ego or identity, it was easier? Well, it seems like it was pretty easy the first book because you're saying you channeled a book out. Yeah. If it were only that easy for everyone else. And the, well, the thing is, it's like I was recently listening to somebody else talking about a channeling experience that she had. And, and I, it was like recently as in the last 48 hours to be specific. And it was amazing because she said that all of a sudden she started writing in rhymes and she didn't know. And then she described this period where she cried and cried. And so the day that it happened to me, I was literally um, on a beach sitting, writing. My husband was in the water and he'd come out and he said to me, like, what happened to you? You look like something happened. And I looked at him and remember, I'm, I'm soul searching and, and during this time in my life trying to figure it out. And he's like, what happened? I said, I think I just wrote a book. Can I read it to you? And he kind of rolled his eyes and I started to read it and I couldn't. I cried and cried and cried and it was like that for weeks I couldn't read those words that I just read to myself I couldn't say them out loud without absolutely and I wasn't sad 
I was just so connected to something that I'd never connected to before. It's like it's the most joyful experience I've had that I could express other than giving birth to my children, which again was a whole different thing. But for like, as just me by myself creating this thing that's just mine, it was weird and wonderful. So tell me then, like, how did, now that you mentioned your husband, um, is he supportive throughout this journey that you're in? Yes, he is. But you know, it's been, it's been a long, a long road of, of me. Like, I swear I've been looking for myself since the day I was born. Like, you know, so yes, he has been. And we, this is our, this will be 30, married 30 years this month, actual October. Thank oh, you. Congratulations. And so, yeah, it, it has been a roller coaster. And I have to say, like, since, since the day that I actually realized that I wasn't living true to my own feelings, like you said, I hadn't been clear about what I wanted in my life or even in our relationship. Everything was pretty rocky to that point. We had good times and bad times. But since then, he is supportive because it's easy to be supportive when you're with someone who communicates. So you feel like you're communicating more now? Well, yeah, because I, how do you communicate what you want when you're not even sure what that is? You're just angry half the time. Right. You're frustrated and angry. I was frustrated and angry. You know, like, I, I, even as a mother, I'm so different now. My kids are 24 and 26, so, you know, and they're two girls, and, and we're very alike. So our relationships have grown exponentially since I've learned how to get really clear about what I want to feel. Like, you nailed it. You nailed it. Like, it's, you have to know how you want to feel and what you want to experience if, you, if you're ever going to feel them and experience them. Like, if you're not clear about what they are, they're not going to show up, like, and knock on the door and go, hey, Maria, did you want to be happy today? I'm here for you. You know, it's it's funny. Like, I I like to, I don't know if I call it manifesting, but I definitely, I, I guess it is manifesting. And that's what I do, too. I guess I do call it that. So, but um, when I think about, you know, what I do every month, I learned this exercise a few years ago, I think back in 2015, which is... Um, I pretend I'm a fortune teller and I, every first of the month I write like a, I, I don't, I, I kind of do a bit of a data dump every day into my notes app, like, you know, things that are on my mind so I can just get them out of my brain so that I can actually sleep. Otherwise I'll have anxiety all night. Um, and it, t- it tends to sometimes just be a to-do list. Like here's what I have to do to do tomorrow. But then at the first of the month, I always, I always give myself like five minutes to do some free writing. And I pretend I'm a fortune teller and I, you know, tell myself like, here's what I want to happen the next like month. Here's what I want to happen the next three months. Like, here's what I envision happening. And sometimes you'll like, I'll see, like, I, I can look back in this journal that I write the stuff in. Sometimes the goals are really lofty, but the ones that have been the loftiest are the ones that have been accomplished the quickest. And I feel like it's because, you know, A, I put it out there. So it's definitely like, you know, in my mind's eye. But also, I think when I write it down like that on the first of the month, I start creating a to-do list around it. Like, okay, you know, uh, for instance, I know this is going to sound stupid, but last May during the pandemic, I was like, you know, wow, dating has really shifted. We're doing all these new programs suddenly. I would really like it if the New York Times covered this as a story. (laughs) So I wrote it down, like, you will be covered on May 1st. You will be covered by the New York Times about, you know, dating. And um, I looked at it and I was like, okay, who do I know? Like, what's going on? You know, whatever. And then on May 9th, like two Sundays later, 
um, you know, I was featured with a photo with a few other colleagues, but I was featured with a photo in the paper and I was like in the New York Times and I was like, yeah, I manifested this. Like I did this, you know, and I did all the time. I did that with my husband. I wrote down exactly what I wanted and nine days later he appeared and he's exactly what I wanted. So I definitely believe in that. But I also believe that there are mistakes that people do when they manifest. I've made those mistakes. So I'd love to hear what you think those mistakes are. Okay. Well, first I want to tell you, you're brilliant. That is a brilliant strategy because you're also unclutter and unpack your mind and your, and your life for room for new things to come. When you do your dump every, like you have such a great process. Imagine if you never stopped, you never cleaned your fridge and just kept putting stuff in, stuff in, stuff in, stuff in. We do that with our minds and our lives. And it's like, how come I can't get any more in? What have you let out? And if people are wondering when to do it, um, I always do it between, um, I do it in, during my skincare routine. So like I'll put the serum on my face and then I'll sit and like dump, I call it a data dump. That's what I call it. So I'll data dump into my phone. Do you do verbally or writing? I, I type it onto my notes app on my iPhone. The once a month thing I do with a pen and paper, but my data dumps every night, I write it into the notes app. And then by the time I'm done, and sometimes it's repetitive from the day before, you know, you sometimes have the same things you still have to do uh, that are bothering you. And, um, but then by the time I'm done with that, which usually takes, you know, one or two minutes, then, um, then it's like, okay, now I have to put on my cream, Wow, <laughs> my night cream. Well, thank you for sharing that with me and anybody who's listening. I bet you their lives will be forever changed. It's a good tip. I want to hear your tip. <laughs> Okay. I want to hear your tips now. So in order to explain how you can not mindfully manifest or make mistakes, I want to talk about the idea of thought nutrition. Have you heard of thought nutrition? I've never heard of thought nutrition. Tell me more. Thought nutrition is not, do you remember, uh, you're younger than me, obviously, but uh, like, do you remember, have you ever heard an apple a day keeps the doctor away? Okay. So we used to say that to kids. And and so I was thinking, what does that actually mean? So it's like, if you feed your body good food, like an apple, you'll be healthy. And when you're healthy, you won't need to go to the doctor. And of course, that was just that, that idea that you put into your child's mind, like eat healthy foods. And so in our society, we do well, we we count our steps, we, we measure our food, we count our calories, you know, we take care of our bodies, we do all of these things. But every single one of those things that we do is pre pre thought out or pre preempted by a thought and within our thought and in our mind we have to realize that we actually our thoughts do have nutritional value and we have junk food type thoughts that are low nutritional value for our soul and we have higher value nutritional thoughts that really enrich our soul and if we could spend some time getting clear about what we want to think how we want to feel what we want to experience and we paid attention to that every single thing in the rest of our lives would become I want to say easier and also better because you're getting that clarity. So like imagine two kitchen cupboards side by side and there's like a wall between them. One side has all of the junk food. So let's talk about the thoughts that are in the junk food thought column. And they're emotionally draining and they're like blame, jealousy, revenge, grief, sadness, pessimism, anger, desire, guilt, overwhelm, frustration, worry. So these are thoughts and emotions and feelings that we all experience. So they're never gonna go away, but we have to be, or we need to be, or we're invited to be aware of when we are experiencing them. And they're in the junk food. So as we're experiencing those, we have to recognize we're not nourishing our soul while we stay there. And then on the other cupboard Mm -hmm. or in the other cupboard is the emotionally uplifting thoughts. And they're like 
freedom, enthusiasm, optimism, faith, excitement, love, compassion, happiness, appreciation, acceptance, peace, joy. And those, just saying them, you'd feel better. And in the middle of the two cupboards is courage. And courage actually is like the medium between the two. So imagine that we're walking around and we're all radio stations. And we're, we're the, and you know, you, you, we can be FM. We're on FM today. So, you know, you're at the low end of the dial in the 90s and you can go as high as 106. And so courage, so wherever we, we're dialed into in terms of, because they all have vibrational frequency, which is like tuning into a radio station. So if you're tuned in into sadness or worry or overwhelm, you're broadcasting, let's call it 93, 93 FM. And you're also receiving 93FM. So if you're manifesting and you're, you're in that negative, like restrictive, emotionally draining vibration, that's what you're getting back. And when we're in a higher feeling, we're attracting and we're putting out a higher level. And so where we run into trouble is when we try to create or we try to manifest or we try to intend and we're not actually feeling good. Is this making sense? It does make sense. It also makes me wonder where like, you know, you mentioned all these like adjectives and I guess some of them are feelings as well. But I think about like active verbs that affect our emotional health. Like for instance, lying, you know, if you're hiding things from your family um, and it doesn't have to be as serious as like cheating. It could just be, you know, you you said you were going to do something and then you didn't do it. And now you're lying to the people around you that you did it. I have learned that that can create such a cloud over everything else where I feel like the other, another verb like that is like the word accomplishment. And maybe it's why I like to do to-do lists, right? That feeling of accomplishment, it makes me feel like, you know, oh, um, I, I did this, I'm done. And it kind of releases something out, you know, it kind of takes away that cloud. And maybe that's why I don't necessarily like certain things. Like I don't like to hide stuff. I like to be very transparent because it's like, okay, one less cloud, like off my day, like let the manifesting happen because there's nothing dampening it mm-hmm. from happening. Yeah. It's, it's, this, it's the same language, but so the lying would lead to a feeling of guilt or shame or unworthiness. So it moves. So it's like our actions move us into a certain sense. And so it's just, it's, it's to realize that if you want to attract good things, good people, good experiences into your life, it's really important that you're vibrating on a level of that which you want to receive back. So if you're broadcasting from the restrictive emotional right. training side of your emotions, you're putting out and pulling back. We can't really put out, like you can't put out your radio station at 93 and bring in 106. So somehow we had to figure out how to move along. And I always say like, mm. I started this when I was talking with, with some of the kids that I work with, but it works in adults too. When you're feeling yucky, you're really quite lucky. Because if you're feeling yucky, it's just your emotional messenger like reminding you that you're, you're really at a low vibration right now. What do you need to look at? What do you need to get honest about? What do you need to do a brain dump about? Like, how do you need to take that and move into feeling better? And so whenever you have that tightening of your heart or if things around you are starting to feel like crap and, not, and crumbling around you and you're not having a good day, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Like just sit in it for a minute or as long as you need to and decide what do you want? And if you know what the other word for manifesting is intention, it's living intentionally. Like, you know, we wake up every morning 
some people, and we just go about our day. Now, you in particular, I don't. It doesn't sound like you do this, but a lot of people just wake up and they they just go about what they need to do, and then they go to bed at night. But could you imagine getting on public transit or getting in your car and just going somewhere and not knowing where you're intending to be? So when we wake up in the morning, we don't say, "I intend to feel happy. I intend to feel fulfilled. I intend to feel loved. I intend to feel appreciated." Or I intend to appreciate people. It kind of blown my mind here right now because I'm thinking about like, you know, I feel like I feel like I feel like I do this. I feel like you're articulating some of the things that I do because I'm always looking to I always want to feel good. I always want to feel like I'm helping someone that because that makes me feel good. And I also don't like to um, I don't like to harbor bad feelings. I don't hold grudges. That's not that's just not who I am. And, you know, as a result, you know, that is, I think, I think I do put a lot of intentional thoughts out there. Like, here's how I want to feel if I'm doing this. And I think about it, even when we, you know, you just mentioned driving, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm running late. So I will, you know, try to leave obnoxiously earlier than usual. Somehow I will still be there on time. Wish I was there like 10 minutes earlier, but you know, I, you know, I try to do these things cause that will make me feel good. And I love that there is this thing that you're saying, which is like, you know, you're putting in the nutrition mindset, like mind nutrition. And I think that's very interesting. Well, it's just being aware because like, we go on autopilot. So your, your example of driving somewhere, like it's a great example even for this. So you, you, you're into a practice that you do every day and it's so healthy and you do have like, like, a, you know, if we looked at your mind diet, it's super, super healthy. Like you're all, all on the whole foods and the, the whole thought process. But so if you're going somewhere and you've never been before, you're going to program it into your GPS and you're going to pay attention to your turns. But if you're going to somewhere that you've been mm. every single day and you go every single day, it's mindless. You go through it. I don't mean mindless, but it's a... It's, the car drives itself. You, I, yeah. yeah, like you know what you're doing. So you wake up now and you might not consciously be setting your intentions, but you actually are because you've, you've put together such a consistent... Um, ritual of living an intentional life that it works for you but for people who who wake up and they don't know where they're going and they wonder why things aren't working out for them and they wonder why they couldn't have more of what they want it's because it's it's becoming that ritual putting in the program when you wake up in the morning this is where I want to end up when I go to bed I want to have felt and experienced all these things and if I don't then I like I want to know how I can do it better yeah how can people live with more intention then like, what are the tips that you give when, like, you know, when you found yourself, I think it seems like you're still searching though, because you're saying that it's a life journey. Well, I think we're, I'm not searching anymore. I like, I okay. actually just yesterday, I sent a text to my husband, just ran like, oh my God, I love my life. I just do. I love my life so much. And, and I'm the person who, I mean, I spent more than half of my life, probably three quarters of my life to this point, I spent trying to figure out how I could leave this world um, and not be part of it. But I never wanted to like leave the people I love behind, but I didn't want to live anymore. So to have that transition in my life to like, my, my worst days now um, are like a thousand times better than my best days ever were. So how does someone do this? I think it's like you said it, it's get honest with yourself. I read also somewhere you were talking about, I think it's through your, um, your intensive workshops where sometimes people have an idea that they, that they put into their mind when they were 21 or 22. And this is about attracting a perfect mate. 
Um, but what about just the life you want to live? Like, we have to go back and recreate it. Like, you know, now I'm in my mid-50s. What I wanted then isn't what I want now. And if I don't update that file, my subconscious mind is going to take over and I'm not going to, it's not going to get me around with this. So that's the first thing. Be honest. And it's painful being honest. Be vulnerable. I mean, Brene Brown did all that work on vulnerability and it's not, it's not a... Not an accident that it took over the world because it, vulnerability allows the universe to come and help you get what you want and need. You know, you have to show, you have to open up. And the other thing is um, resistance. Watch for your resistance. When I say when you feel yucky, you're really quite lucky. Resistance is your master messenger. If you find yourself resisting things in your day about what you do want to do or you don't want to do or people, Pay really good attention to that because that's telling you something about yourself that you're not really aware of. And then you've got to take time to unpack it and do the work and do the work. I have a really, um, I have a pretty cool free course that I have called I Have a Choice. It's, it's quick and simple, but it gets people to the point where they get more clarity and they actually create a path. And the path shows them, like when, you pulled, when you're pulled off your path, you instantly know. And then you figure out, do I want to come back? And of course you do, but you get, the, you get to make that decision. Actually, we've got a, a great um, URL. It's melissa, melissa-lions.com, which is my URL, forward slash matchmaker. Ah, I love that. So I'll include that link in the episode notes that people can access. It's a gift just for your people. I love that. I love that my listeners get that. And I think, I think, you know, before we end the show, I would love to learn like, you know, who do you think, I mean, listen, when I think about manifesting my, my default thinking sometimes, especially when it comes to dating is like what we put out there is what we get. Right. So if someone tells to me like, you know, Marie, I don't want anyone who has drama. It's like the fact that you even have to say that you're just going to get drama. That is just how the universe listens. The universe listens in absolutes. And there is no, the word no, like it just, no, you want drama. That's it. And instead, you know, I always have to tell people like, you know, what is the opposite of drama? You know, you have to think about like, what do you not, not, don't think about what you don't want. Think about what you want. So you want someone who's consistent and respectful and, um, you know, uh, you admire them as much as they admire you. And, you know, like this is, I think what, I think most people want, right, in a relationship of the few things, right? And so it's like, there's a different way to say, like, I don't want someone who's drama. I want, you know, you want someone who's consistent, reliable, dependable, and respectful. And you can write that down there. That These are not, that's not a hard ask. It's not. And that's, that I think it's like the best advice is to, to take the opposite, play the game of opposites or contrast. But I, and I think that we have to remember that if it's what we want and we want to, what we're putting out, what we're like, you know, that what we're putting out in terms of um, where we are in our vibration is what we're attracting. And so if you want to attract those things, then embody them. Change, work, I love yeah, that. Like work on you. Embody those, those qualities that you want to have in, in a mate. And then you'll automatically be pulling them in. But if you're wondering why they're not coming and they're the way you want, then the first thing you have to do is look at what you're putting out in terms of just you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I've had clients who are like super anxious and like, you know, people can read that off your anxiety or they can read your negativity. It's like, you know, you, I, I've had clients where it's like, Oh, you know, this is, I'm miserable. And it's not has to do with the women or men I've sent them. It has to do with like, you're just unhappy and that's okay to be unhappy, but we might have to take a break from dating until you figure out what would make you happy. 
A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're you're just getting like you're just in that that wheel that just keeps turning around and around and around and around. Like you know, garbage in is garbage out. And 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 I can see that. Right. And I did read. I read like you know one of the things that you've said. You know, you are always one thought away from a better life being happier and feeling better. And it, it really is. It starts with one thought. It leads to another. And I love that. Melissa, I want to thank you again for coming to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. Where can people find you online if they want to follow you? The best place to find me is on my website, which is Melissa hyphen or a dash lions, L-O-I-O-N-S.com. And from there, you can go to the various social medias and um, find out more information. You can send me an email as well. Awesome. And we'll include the link. So if you want to uh, check out Melissa Lyons Clarity Workshop, is that what it is? A clarity, oh, a clarity session. You can we can we can have a phone call and just talk about what it is you're you're looking for, and I can help people get clarity. I love that. Well, I love that. So if you want access to that, check it out. Melissa-Lyons.com/matchmaker. I'll include a link in the episode notes. Thank you again for coming today. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for the work that you do in helping people create like joy in their lives. Oh, it's so important. You're welcome. I don't thank you. It's so nice of you to say that. <laughs> true. I appreciate it's true. it. You create so much happiness in the world. I love that. It's definitely uh, it's definitely an honor uh, to, to get to do that. And thank you for listening to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. As I mentioned previously, if you'd like to speak to me on an upcoming hotline episode, you can follow me on Instagram at Matchmaker Maria. I'll post the link there on Wednesdays and we'll chat then. Until then, you can learn more about what I do or enroll in an upcoming Agape Intensive by visiting agapematch.com slash services. Thank you again for listening to Ask a Matchmaker. Be lovable and more importantly, be likable. See you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at virginia.org. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.